I'm Crystal. And I'm Sheena. And this is the Lifestyle of the Weird and Interesting Podcast. Conversations you won't find in life's handbook. Okay. Awesome. Oh, I lost my window. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what one we're on. <laughs> I don't either. Episode episode eight. Episode eight. Today okay. we're recording episode eight. So episode eight, this one is about oracle cards. Definitely going to bring up tarot because they're kind of intertwined with each other. Mm -hmm. um, but oracle is different. So tarot cards are, they follow like a very predictable structure. There's generally uh, 78 cards in a tarot deck. Some tarot decks have bonus cards. I have a couple that have like 79 and 80. Mm because they have like an extra major arcana card. Um, one of the ones that I have is the octopus tarot deck oh, and it so has funny. a card that's called the universe, but it's Y O U universe. Oh, and it's like a reflection card, which is pretty cool. But most decks traditionally will follow the 78 cards. So what mm -hmm. that ends up being is you have the major arcana and the minor arcana and the major arcana is, I think it's 54 cards crap i don't remember i have my book but anyway i won't look it up it doesn't matter because we're not talking about that today <laughs> doesn't have to be perfect so you have the major arcana and what that talks about is the progression through kind of the phases of life so starts with the fool and moves through these different archetypes that we see in our life and the first part of it if i remember correctly is based on your young life and the the different archetypes that you move through so you have like the fool the magician and then you move through like the emperor and i just lost you are you okay it froze i was like that's so weird <laughs> what is happening oh my heck how funny okay say that part over again <laughs> yeah Okay, so we have the major arcana, which is 22 cards, and the minor arcana, which is 56 cards. Yeah, that math checks out, right? So major arcana is the main archetypes that you move through throughout phases of your life. There's 11 of those 22 that represent like the first part of your life, and then the, the second half of your life is the second half of the 11, right? So there's 11 and 11, and it moves through like you have the fool, which is the young person who's ready for adventure and wants to go out into the world and learn all the things. The magician, which is the creator of their own reality. Um, you move through the emperor, which represents the father figure, the empress, which is the mother figure, and, and so on and so forth. Like it moves through all of those. But the second time that it moves through those, there's like an extra element of wisdom. And it all happens after you reach like the death card and the tower card. And mm -hmm. everybody in tarot seems to be like afraid of that if you don't know what they represent, right? The tower right. can feel really scary because the tower represents change that we have no control over. And the death card, everybody sees the death and the devil in a negative light, right? Because yeah. those things feel scary when you're taught to believe that death and the devil are scary. Right. But the devil represents excess. You know, mm -hmm. and it represents the places where you're overextended or maybe you're indulging in something that is detrimental for your mm -hmm. health and well-being. And the death card, obviously, like a lot of people are afraid of that, right? It represents times when old parts of you have to fall away to make room for new things to come in. So it really is just taking inventory of your life and looking at the things that maybe don't serve you as well as they once did and allowing those things to fall away so that when that tower moment comes, it's not so out of control. Like you're aware of what's mm -hmm. happening, right? Because we do progress through these things in a pretty, I guess, a pretty consistent cadence. Like there's there's a process to all of these things. And you can kind of follow that. If you want to learn more about all of that, I would highly recommend 78 Degrees of Wisdom. My husband got me that book for Christmas and it has been instrumental in learning more about how the tarot works, what some of the imagery that's in the tarot represents, 
Um, it really deep dives into the archetypes of each of these figures in the major arcana. And then it talks in detail about the minor arcana, which is mm -hmm. your day-to-day -day life, um, pretty basic stuff. It can bring up a lot of maybe things that are overlooked in mm -hmm. life that we tend to see past because we're not paying attention. Interesting thing is that um, Carl Jung, when he was doing a lot of his work with the subconscious, he used tarot cards to bring forward those elements of the subconscious. So when I do a tarot reading, I like to focus on what is the positive spin of things. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be all doom and gloom because I don't feel like life is like that. Even though, you know, like I've been through, I've mentioned before in previous episodes, I've been through a lot of traumatic stuff as a child and I've been through some kind of difficult things as an adult. And even in those moments, like there's always a silver lining and that's how I tend to read cards. So when I pull for somebody, I have learned, especially through pulling for you and my other close friends that um, I tend to pull for what's happening in your life in this moment for right yeah. now. I'm not great at pulling for future stuff. If it's like <laughs> within the next couple of days, I can kind of get a wrangle of what might be coming through, but it's not anything that I feel super comfortable reading like future, you know? Yeah. It's definitely validating too for things that like for myself, if I'm going through in the present moment, it gives me more insight to what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. And also just validation for both of us. Like you get validation, like, okay, I'm onto something. And I get validation, like, okay, this is what I have to do next. And I'm, I'm valid in what I feel and what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. I think that that really is the tool that it, is meant to be used for. I do mm -hmm. like um, the take that Carl Jung had on the tarot, which is that it brings the subconscious forward so that the conscious can look at it. And, mm. oh, I'm looking for my notebook. I have a quote that I wrote down that's from Carl Jung. It says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Oh. So, it's such a useful tool for working with the subconscious mind because every time I pull cards, something different stands out to me. Yeah. So the imagery of the card really does help you with figuring out what the meaning of the card is supposed to be, right? Yeah. So if you're choosing a deck for yourself, a lot of people will say, go with the traditional Ryder Smith weight tarot deck. And, and I think that there is merit in that, especially if you're working from a manual like 78 Degrees of Wisdom. Um, the imagery that is discussed in that book is very heavily relying on the imagery of the traditional Ryder Smith weight deck. Right. However, if that doesn't speak to you, it's going to be harder to learn. Mm. And I'm saying that because that was my experience. So <laughs> I got a deck that really did speak to me. It is the Lion Strider Tarot from uh, Cielo Thompson. She makes the most beautiful watercolor artwork. I absolutely love her art. And I have the Oracle deck that corresponds with that, which is the Hedge Witch, Hedge Witch's Field Guide mm. Oracle deck. And it works with plants. So this was my personal introduction into this world of forbidden knowledge, I guess, if you want to call it that, <laughs> was working with plants. And uh -huh. so, of course, this Oracle deck stood out to me. And then because I had bought this one that had plant Oracle cards, it showed me the Lion Strider deck. And that was the one that I ordered and started working with really early on. I've been reading tarot for about four years. Mm. So... You know, it's a process that you kind of have to learn for yourself. You can definitely take classes. There's a lot of people who offer classes online. I also, I have a Patreon. I haven't plugged it before because I wasn't sure how I felt about <laughs> plugging it, you know, here in this space. But um, I do have a Patreon. It is under the name Bjornens Hus, which is Bear's House in Danish. I'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody's interested in learning more about 
tarot and oracle and any of the things that we discuss here you're more than welcome to join me there um tiers start pretty low they're pretty accessible mm -hmm. and we have a discord where everybody bounces knowledge off of each other so we have some pretty interesting people in our discord everybody comes with different knowledge and everybody's willing to share with each other and i love that it's my favorite thing about our community so yeah if you're interested or if you have questions come check it out um or you can write to us at weirdlifestylepod at gmail.com and I will be happy to answer your questions if you want to know more. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into Oracle and start yeah. talking about these. This is such a fun subject. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to mention the reason why we're starting with Oracle cards is because tarot intimidates the heck out of me and I'm just not <laughs> in a like mental space to kind of just take that on. However, I have been looking at tarot decks. So yeah. maybe that's a good small grain of sand size step towards picking that <laughs> up. Yes, but I think that's true. <laughs> so it started with me wanting to ask my friends because I have a couple friends, including you, who do like tarot and oracle cards. And I was like, I think I could do Oracle cards like that seems like a really good first step. And then I don't have to bug my friends to give me a reading all the time. I can do it for myself. Mm -hmm. And I found a deck. Um, I have it right here. It's called Woodland Wardens 52 card Oracle deck and guidebook by Jessica Rowe. And I love her artwork. Like she has stickers, washi tape, stationary stuff, prints like she has so much in her shop. It's amazing. Did you freeze again? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Did you hear anything I said? Yeah, I heard you say that uh, you would leave the link to her shop in the show notes and on the blog post. She did recently put out like a notice on Instagram that there's dupes of her Oracle deck mm -hmm. being sold. And it's so unfortunate that that stuff happened. So I'll leave her direct yeah. link in, in the information. But I love the color scheme of this deck. It's very... I don't even know how to describe it. It's very earthy. It is earthy. Yeah, it's very yeah. earthy. And on each card, you get an animal and you get a flower. And she touches on the language of flowers, which is something we're going to talk about in a future episode. I still want to do like more research on that before I dive into it. But the language of flowers is from the Victorian era. And it's just so fascinating. And her guidebook gives a bunch of information on how you could read the cards, how like just take what applies to you, which is so interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that is that was gifted to me by one of my really good dear friends, Christina, because I was like, oh, I love this Oracle card and or this Oracle deck and she bought it for me. So hi, Christina, Perfect. I love you. And <laughs> we um, both love her. she's amazing. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so that's the deck I've been using. Um, I use it on myself. I use it for friends if they ask for mm -hmm. some kind of guidance. And yeah, so that's the deck that I use and the only deck I um, have. Just one note that I would uh, leave for everybody is that it's really common now online to find dupes of some mm -hmm. of the decks. So if you're looking for a deck and you really want to make sure that you're supporting the artist who created it, I would suggest not buying it on Etsy or on Amazon um, because you can't trace that back unless it's, you know, through the publisher, like CLO Thompson's decks all go through Llewellyn publishing. So if you're going through the publisher's page and finding them, then you're probably safe. But just be mindful that if you're buying it on Etsy through a shop, a lot of times they're dupes that are being made or uh, printed in China and then shipped out at a discounted cost. So if you find a deck that's, you know, $15, there's probably a reason that it's mm. that cheap. Most decks don't run that cheap unless they're on sale. You can buy them directly through a lot of the artist shops. Just make sure that you're getting an authentic deck because the dupes don't hold up as well. The and card material. The, the artist not doesn't get good. credit either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't. And unfortunately, I have a friend who run used to run a shop through Etsy and she was selling, you know, tarot cards that she was ordering directly from the printer. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of issues where people were taking the decks that she herself had created 
and they were duplicating them and reprinting them in China and then selling them through Etsy. And Etsy does nothing to protect the artists. So just be aware of that. You know, if you're wanting to find a really good deck, try to buy directly from the artist or from a shop or the publisher, you know, just do your homework is basically what I'm saying. Make sure you do your homework because um, there's a lot of things out there that, you know, look like they're too good to be true. And if they look like they're too good to be true, they probably are. So right. like I said, the quality of the cards won't be as good. You're going to run into other issues as well, where like some cards are missing, the boxes are not well produced. There's a lot of issues. So yeah. minus, you know, copyright issues, right? Right. <laughs> Speaking of card quality, there's one thing that I would suggest, especially if you're new to this and just learning, look at the card size that you're ordering because there are some cards that are like a standard playing card deck. Those are going to be a lot easier for you to shuffle. Oh, I lost you again. Hi. This is pissing me off. I'm like, what I don't know what's happening. On? It's so weird. It keeps saying is I'm, it like I'm losing connection. No, I don't. I don't That's know. So weird. Anyway, okay, okay. We do. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned that the cards in some of the decks that are the standard playing card size are a lot easier to shuffle when you're learning. I bought a really beautiful deck from the Threads of Fate. Highly recommend their decks they're beautiful they do a really good job especially if you're looking for something like maybe you want something that's gender neutral or something that has a little bit different take on some of the traditional archetypes of the tarot their decks are really well made but the cards are big they're a lot mm -hmm. bigger than a standard deck would be and they're stiffer they're made of like a thicker material so they're really hard to shuffle so it's kind of like you hold them in one hand and just toss them into the other hand to shuffle. Mm -hmm. A different deck, like the one that I have, the CLO Thompson decks that I have, they are a standard playing card size and they're made out of the same kind of material. So they're a little bit bendy. And as mm -hmm. you shuffle them, they uh, get a little bit softer over time. Okay. So some stuff to consider that I wouldn't have necessarily known. So yeah that's a good point i have really small hands so i struggle to even shuffle mine which is a little bit bigger than your average like card deck i mean it's probably actually more than that but um yeah i struggle to shuffle mine <laughs> so that's yeah that's good to keep keep in mind yeah just something to know you know and what the material is made out of you can look if you're ordering it on amazon and you're ordering through the publisher make sure that you read the reviews a lot of people will talk about mm -hmm. that stuff same with like threads of fate there's a lot of reviews on their website um about how those cards work i do have two decks from them i have the lumen edition of the oracle and then i have the i think it's called the ethereum deck it's like a holographic deck those cards are freaking impossible to shuffle. Like I have to almost lay them face down on a table and just like move them around yeah. to shuffle them because <laughs> they're massive and they're thick because they have that holographic coating right. on the front. So yeah, all things to consider. If you don't mind doing stuff like that, it's not a big deal, but just, just be um, patient with yourself as you're learning because you're going to learn what you do and don't want in a deck. And you'll mm -hmm. learn very quickly because um, for me, like I love these Threads of Fate decks. They're beautiful mm -hmm. and they have really interesting messages, but I don't use them very much just mm -hmm. because they are so hard to shuffle. And because I had used my Lines Rider deck so much, relearning all of the symbolism of a completely different deck, that's a, that's a whole new undertaking, right? Like opening it up and, and trying to understand what each of the symbols on the card mean. So I probably would have done better if I would have ordered that first mm -hmm. and then learned the other one after. Or right. maybe, you know, if I spent more time with them, I definitely would learn them. But luckily, the Threads of Fate decks come with like a card in the front that tells you what the symbolism of the cards means. So nice. just spend time with it and work maybe yeah. one card at a time. Yeah. Like each day, write down all the things that you see in the card and 
see what the symbolism means to you as an individual, because that's the cool thing about pulling any kind of cards is that um, your own message is going to be different than what someone else will read. We could all be reading from the same deck and the element of the person reading always comes through. That's so like true. I said, like I tend to look at life with silver linings and that's how I also read cards is that, yeah. you know, yeah, there might be something hard happening right now, but the other side of this is going to be awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, going back to shuffling. So I had to actually look up like, is there a right and wrong way, which there is not uh, no. to shuffle the deck. So the I'll I'll link the video that I've referenced actually a couple times in our blog and the show notes, but you can shuffle and if anything pops out, you can go with that card. Sometimes I'll be shuffling and nothing pops out. So mm -hmm. I kind of just go based on like what feels right. It's like, okay, this is a good place to stop and I'll stop there and I'll pick however many cards feels right. Um, you can also like shuffle them up, let the person like pick, fan them out, and then let the person or yourself like pick whatever card feels right. Uh, kind of like you said, like putting them on the desk, shuffling them around and kind of doing it that way too. What I've been doing lately too is I'll take my deck and I have like some crystals at my desk. So I'll kind of just tap the crystal on the deck to like cleanse it. I'm like <laughs> knocking. I'm like, cleanse, evil be gone pure deck and just kind of it's all about <laughs> intention i think that's kind of been my thing for this year is everything is all about the intention and if yeah. you think good vibes you're going to send out good vibes so that's kind of what i do i just knock on my deck with the crystal a couple times and just kind of make any negativity go away and yeah so that's that's kind of some ways to shuffle up your deck uh if you're giving a reading to yourself or for other people yeah, another thing that I have seen people do, I have a friend who reads that she lets the person she's reading for cut the deck mm. and then choose a side. And that's like the side that. that she pulls from. In the past, when I've done readings for other people, I'll take the number of letters in their first name and I'll shuffle that many times and oh, then fun. pull the cards from there. There's a lot of different techniques and you can just kind of try out which ones, you know, you think are interesting in the moment and see what works for you. Because it's not like if you have somebody who has a really long first name, you might not want to shuffle 19 times, you know, <laughs> that's because <fair. laughs> that's a lot. But, yeah. you know, if you don't mind, you can just do that. I mean, it's up to you. It really is an individual thing. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think is really cool is there's a couple of companies that do this, but they make a pouch that you can put your deck in. And I have a friend who was wonderful and made me a set of pouches to put my two main decks in. And there's room in there to put a quartz crystal with it. So I just carry it with a crystal so it's always clear and ready to go. Um, and the pouch makes it really easy to throw it in a bag and just take it with you. If you're still learning, it's going to be a little bit more challenging because the guidebooks are not always the same size as the deck. Oh, that's true. So if you're using a guidebook, then it's a little bit different. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. Okay, since you mentioned guidebooks, we can kind of go into mm -hmm. that. I feel like I have my notes of like the history of Oracle cards, so we'll go over that after. But um, guidebooks, it's really up to the individual, I think, if they want to follow the guidebook. And that's what right. Jessica Rowe, I, now I'm doubting if I'm saying her name right. R-O-U-X is her last name. Mm -hmm. And she kind of says, like, do whatever feels right for you. But she says to pull a card daily, like you said, and study that card. She also suggests like different spreads. So I originally starting out just pulling a card a day or you mm -hmm. could do a three card like past, present, future, or then it gets more complex than that. And that's where I get really confused. So I haven't I haven't mastered <laughs> that yet. But um, she also tells you, like, kind of like I mentioned earlier, pay attention to the colors of the card, the texture of the card, the flowers, the animals, like what calls to you. Is it a dark blue that gives you some moody vibes or is it a light yellow that gives you some posy vibes? Like just different ways to read it. And then she mm -hmm. um, just talks about, yeah, and provides instructions on how to use the deck because every 
maker has their own intention for the deck, but you don't have to follow that intention. That's just more the creator. They offer like card, like pulling cards, like examples of spreads you can use. My preferred method um, I wrote down is card pick for the day to represent like the day or the week or the weekend I'm going to have and things to focus on. Lately, I've been pulling a lot of three card, like I pull three cards. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know why that's just been like my vibe lately. I do do personal readings for myself or for my friends when asked. So yeah, they, like I said, every, every person has their intention for their deck, but that doesn't mean you have to align with their intention. It's all about the person using it. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's important to pay attention, like you were saying, to like colors that stand out, imagery that stands out, because really what that's doing um, is that's tapping into your subconscious. So mm -hmm. whatever you notice first, those are the things to write down. And it is helpful to have like a little notebook or a journal that you can write your notes about those cards down in yeah. and then you can come back to it and reflect because sometimes you're going to pull the same card twice and you're not going to get the same message twice or it will mm -hmm. apply in a different way depending on what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Do you have a stalker card for Oracle or Tarot? Not really. I have had them in the past, especially with tarot. When I was pulling <laughs> for myself every day, um, I had a couple of times that I had pulled the death card um i had pulled for some reason the three of cups comes up a lot i know why it comes up because i <laughs> tend to not celebrate small victories very often and i mm -hmm. uh i pull away from my community from time to time and i'm not engaging like i need to and it's just a reminder you know to like celebrate things and make sure that I'm connecting with people. And when I pull that card, I know that that's what that means for me yeah. because I've pulled it so many times. I have a friend that when I pull cards, I pull the, I think it's the eight of swords every single time, never fails. And it really is just being blind to your own wisdom, being blind mm -hmm. to the things that you're really good at or overlooking yourself in a lot of ways. And I know that mm -hmm. that it always comes every single time I pulled for her and I probably pulled for her a dozen different times, but oh, that wow. card's there every time. And the odds of that happening are like ridiculous. If you, if you want to look it up, it's the 78th factorial is what you look up and it will tell you what the odds of pulling the same card twice are. They're bananas. Like it is ridiculous odds. And I pull that card for her every time I read for her because she always undersells herself and doesn't understand like the gifts that she brings to the table. She just overlooks herself a lot. And it's a reminder all the time. Don't keep overlooking yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like celebrate celebrate the things that you're really good at and know what you bring to the table and that you carry wisdom and that you're good at these things but yeah, yeah uh one of my friends got the fool card every day for almost a month oh my god <laughs> it was crazy like she was pulling a ton and she was like i have no idea what this means and then when it came up she was like oh i know what it mean means now and it's a good thing like that it kept coming up because it prepared her the fool is so the archetype of that card is very much like youthful folly that's what it represents is going into something really excited and jazzed about it and overlooking all of the potential negatives, right? The fool is the first card in the major arcana. So there's no wisdom associated with this individual in the tarot. Oh, you froze again. Hi, you're here twice now. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm over it. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? my heck can you see hold your on. other self yes hold on okay <laughs> hi okay there's only one of me now right yeah you're good now oh, lord i'm so mad <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's not a big deal <laughs> okay um we're just i we just have to go slow <laughs> clearly <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Just talking about the fool. I explained the fool archetype that it's, you know, overlooking negatives and things like that. So, oh, now you're froze again. <laughs> this is so funny. I don't know why it's happening. <laughs>
<laughs> She's gonna be so mad. <laughs> so Mercury retrogrades in its shadow. <laughs> I'm going to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> I know as soon as you froze, I was like, oh, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> uh, maybe it just wasn't meant to happen today. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And if this audio has an echo, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it like, sounds you... fine. I'm sure it'll be okay. Oh, God. <laughs> well, what was happening is I would mute so the microphone mm -hmm. wouldn't hear. But every time I would unmute, that's when you would freeze. So I'm like, I'm I'm just oh. not going to mute. And now it's just doing it for the sake of doing it. So I don't know. We're just okay. going to roll with it, I guess. Yep. <laughs> It'll be fine. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. okay. Do you want to go over your notes? Uh, yeah. We can go over. Oh, we were talking about stalker cards. So... Oh, yes. For you, I always pull the metamorphosis card, which is the frog and lily pads, mm -hmm. which is interesting. For me, the cards, I can't remember specifically what the cards are, but they're always like transformation, safety, protection. And I get the chipmunk card or the squirrel card a lot, uh, which mm -hmm. is like hibernate, like gather your things and keep them close yeah. to prepare. I think it is actually the preparation card. Um, so that's interesting. But, oh, and then for tarot, I always get the Empress. Always. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I always get the Empress card. So, yeah. That's in our cool. Patreon group, we went through, um, in one of our monthly discussion groups, we calculated out what our tarot card for the year was. And then we also talked about the tarot card of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you want to calculate those, you kind of go by the date that you were born and you add those numbers together. And whatever number you get, that corresponds to your tarot card. And I can put a link for, you know, how to calculate that. It's very interesting that you pull the Empress because that's my life card. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's really not. <laughs> no. It's a hard card because the Empress in the life card represents asking for help. And I'm oh. really not great at asking for help when I get stuck. I just get frustrated yeah. and ruminate. But it's yeah. that reminder, right, to reach out mm -hmm. and to, like, have your community support you when you are having a hard time supporting yourself. So I get mm -hmm. the lesson, mm -hmm. but I forget that there's a lesson in it and I forget. Right. And then I'm just like, I'm not asking for help. I'm mad now. Like I'm going to sit in this emotion instead of reaching out for help. So yeah. yeah, last year I calculated out and my card for the year last year was the death card. Mm. And it's interesting because not only did I lose my dad last year during my death card year, which like that's not an omen just for people yeah. to know, like the, the clarity here is that it's not a bad omen to pull to have that card be your card for the year. Yeah. It really is a card that represents metamorphosis, right? Mm -hmm. Like allowing things to fall away, refining who you are as an individual and going through like maybe a little bit of a personal death in a way, mm -hmm. because you become a new person, right? Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, it it's letting go of those things so that new things can come in. And last year, um, I went through a period of time where I, I had to let some old friendships go. And that was really hard because, you know, your community becomes a very big part of your life. And in that, in losing my dad last year, there was also some rebirth that took place after that. And it doesn't negate the hard emotions that come with losing a loved one. But at the same time, it became a whole new chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So well, the yeah, death card, I usually, I usually associate that with rebirth. Yeah, it is. It's kind twist. of like, if you want to look at it in the in like, oh, let's see, I think the best analogy for it is probably gardening so when you look at crops when people grow crops in a field there is a period of time where they have to go through and burn off everything that's left over right at mm -hmm. the end of the season when the harvest has been completed 
they go through and they burn whatever's left over. So sometimes that's weeds, sometimes that's like the stalks of the old plants. And while burning of a field may look destructive on the outside, on the inside, what's happening is that the ashes from the burned plants become fertilizer for the next season. Mm -hmm. So all the hard things that you go through in a death year become fertilizer for the growth in the next year. And this year, my card is the temperance card. So it's finding mm -hmm. balance in those things and finding balance between the spiritual world and the physical world. And then also finding balance within like, what does my physical, mental and emotional health look like? And how do I balance those things with my current life? Sometimes that means coming in and like refining processes and taking a look at my day to day um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. My day-to-day -day life. I look at my day-to-day -day life and, and see what's working and what's not, and then make adjustments based on that and try to find where that balance is. And it's very interesting knowing that that's what's happening, or maybe just looking at it through the lens of that being like the theme for my year. Right. And with that knowledge going into every situation, knowing that I'm going to have to make adjustments and it makes me more patient with myself in a lot of yeah. ways. Like it allows me the space to look at those things through the lens of patience and not um, getting frustrated. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't remember what my card of the year is. It's in my journal somewhere. I think it's the hermit, isn't it? That sounds familiar. It might I'm be. pretty sure it's know. the hermit. And I thought it was funny because you have the second line. <laughs> oh, I think you're right. I have been actually kind of a hermit this year, too. I've just been kind of doing my own thing. Um, yeah. And just kind of staying home. But winter has been lasting for forever. It's finally now uh, mid-April and we're getting some sunshine. So I yeah. think I've definitely been like just embracing that winter hermitness. So. I get yeah, that. I think that that's okay. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah. like I said, it just kind of gives you like a perspective to view your year through. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it allows you to be more patient with yourself and with what's happening and, you know, all of those things. So even yeah. if, even if maybe like looking at the year through that lens changes your year, I think that that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the question, like, my husband always likes to play devil's advocate in those situations and be like, well, if you're going into every situation with that perspective, isn't that what you're going to find? I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like we, we're human beings. And because we have that perspective already established when we go through those situations, it's how we're going to see it. Right. So it could be just, you know, we're providing our own confirmation for what we're looking for, but it also mm -hmm. could be something that allows you to be gentle with yourself. So you yeah, don't have to calculate that. I think you can live an abundant life without that, but I've found that it is really helpful for me. So that's what I continue to do. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So the notes I took about tarot or I'm sorry, Oracle cards is from the website happypiranha.com. I just randomly found it online. So, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt because I'm sure there's other conflicting information out there. But I wanted to look into like the history of tarot and Oracle cards. And some notes that I wrote down is that both tarot and Oracle aid in divination working via synchronicity or meaningful coincidence. All Oracle decks use a system of sim symbology to access information that the subject is wanting to question. So you can go into an Oracle reading with a question in mind. Or sometimes if I don't have a question personally, I just kind of pull a card and see what happens. The origin of the Oracle cards is from Europe in the 1900s. But it's also traced back to 19th century France. And it was developed by Madame Lenore. I'm not, I'm going to butcher this. I'm not going to say it. Lenormand. I'll put it in the notes. <laughs> I know what it is. It's Lenormand. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there like, are I'm... also cards called Lenormand cards. Okay. Yeah. And they're similar to Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nope, not even going to try that. 
the structure is more freestyle and fluid than tarot. So some yeah. Oracle cards I've been looking at um, because I only have one deck because I like things to be simple. And kind of like you said, I don't want to relearn a whole other deck. But yeah. And one that I was looking at recently had to do with intentions. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So they definitely are like more fluid. Um, there's no set number. Uh, they're more diverse with themes and content. Mm -hmm. And as far as reading Oracle cards, they're used to offer guidance and clarity and help with an outside perspective, which is kind of what I do. So like you can take the reading of the Oracle card with a grain of salt. You can just see if what comes of it comes true or it can validate you, which I notice um, a lot in myself and the readings that I give. It's just kind of validation. So didn't mm -hmm. you say, oh no, did you freeze? I muted because my dish, my uh, washer is running and my house is old. So there's like this chug, chug, chug noise. Oh, no, <laughs> because it was totally raining on my end. I think I think okay. you froze. I was like, oh, that's fine. It was um, literally like right when you asked the question. So it's fine. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like, you know, when the image gets like fuzzy, like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to join again. <laughs> um, that's fine. Oh, gosh. I was going to ask you something. I think I was asking you something. Didn't you say and I that's where I lost you. Because you were talking about validation. Um, oh, I was going to ask you. Okay, so your readings are more like in the present. What would you say mine are? Because I know we talked about this before. I can't remember. From my perspective, I always look at things when I know what your human design is. I always look mm -hmm. at things through that filter. And I believe that you had gate 13, which is the past. So I think that you look at things through the lens of the past to view what the present moment is. Do you have it or do you have 33? I have 32. It should be at the top of the identity center on the right-hand side. I have 36. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I wish they were like, I wish the human design chart was like, starting one at the top and works its way down because the numbers are all over the place and I have no idea where to look all the time. I only know because I've done so many charts. <laughs> so I'm familiar with where they go. Um, just I don't think, seconds. I think I had, I don't think I had anything defined with that because I think I asked you this past weekend. I was like, wait, oh, yeah. like our friends have past and future, but I have nothing and so i think it's yeah, all of them all open so you have gate yeah. 10 that's what it is you have mm. 10 which is um self-empowerment so the way that you read is usually from a perspective of taking everything into consideration and then trying to find where your empowerment exists within whatever is coming through in the cards. So mm -hmm. you tend to look at it that way. For me, I read in the present moment, but I have the eight and one channel, which is the present moment channel. Right. So it makes sense, makes sense to me to look at it that way. I also have yeah. the past gate defined, which is 13. So I, yeah. I take the lessons of the past and see how they apply in the present moment. But gotcha. for you, you tend to look at all things considered and say, how can we empower this moment so that you can take the best course of action for yourself? Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Absolutely. Okay. That is me verbatim. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then another note that I kind of wrote down is Oracle cards could be used as a second opinion or as a different take on a subject. And that can be used along with tarot. Um, I know yeah. some readers like to use Oracle and tarot together. And I give them all the kudos because that just sounds <laughs> like a lot to remember. So I often will read those together. I usually use my lines writer tarot deck and I'll do like a full reading from that. And then I'll take um, one of the Oracle decks that I have and pull one or two cards just as guidance for how to move through whatever situation is happening. Um, so depending on what the tarot reading looks like, 
that will determine which Oracle deck I use because I have several. Um, I have four that I got out just for this podcast episode so I could talk about them. I love the Hedge Witch Botanical one. I love the Lumen Oracle. But I also have one that I backed on Kickstarter. It's called the Emotional Kaleidoscope. And we've talked about this one before. It has stuff for the conscious, the subconscious, and the pre-conscious. And so when you read from these, it kind of gives you like a journal prompt type of reading. And then it's up to you to sit with that message and kind of decide. And then Mm -hmm. I have a new one that I got. Um, I think it was in February or March. It's the Kuan Yin Oracle. And the reason that I got that is because Kuan Yin is, she's one of the ascended masters through, I believe it's Buddhism. I can't remember for sure. Um, but she, her whole message is compassion. And that really resonates with who I am as a person because everything that I do comes from a place of compassion. And I just, find a lot of commonality with her story and the things that she went through. They're very similar to what I have gone through. And so when I'm working on something that's particularly difficult for myself, that's who I like to work with is that energy of compassion, if that makes sense. That does. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that all of your notes that you have? Yeah. I just, I made more notes just about like how to use Oracle cards, which is kind of what we already talked about. And there's different ways. I mean, it's really up to the person using the deck. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I think it's just, I also use them for journal prompts. So if I don't know what I want to journal about, I'll pull a card and then kind of use that as inspiration to see if it sparks anything because I have a really hard time formulating words to my emotions. So Mm -hmm. having something to kind of inspire me yeah yeah i'll do that as well that's super cool so Mm. do you want to wrap up this episode reading cards for each other uh heck yeah okay (laughs) that's a great idea (laughs) you want to go first uh i need to cleanse my deck so you go first okay i need to knock (laughs) you need to knock (laughs) knock your crystals (laughs) knock Okay, so I'm just going to read the way that I always will, which is combination of tarot and oracle. And I'm going to pull from the Hedgewitch Botanical and the Line Strider because they're partner decks. I just lost her again. (laughs) I'm here. Continue. Uh, I just said I'm going to pull from the Hedgewitch Botanical and the Line Strider deck because I feel like they're partners. And there's like... I'm shuffling cards, so there might be some ASMR you'll have to edit out of this. But <laughs> All about it. Oh, okay, do you have like a question that you want to answer or do you just want to do overall? Let's just do overall. I actually journaled this morning and I feel very good and very positive about things. So I, I have awesome. no questions. Yeah. Okay, do you want me to pull three cards? Whatever feels right. I'm just going to pull three. Your first one is the chariot in reverse. The chariot is one of the major arcana cards and it is actually the card for the year, like collectively. So this is our collective card. The chariot represents kind of like things moving very quickly and almost without control. So in my deck, it the image is, I'll take a picture so that we can post it with the blog post and the notes. The image of this card is a person standing behind two horses. The horses are going, they're pulling the chariot forward, but there are no reins. The horses know where they're going. So in reverse, this means that it might feel kind of out of control for you. Like things might feel like they're running very quickly and you can't keep up. And you feel like you're just along for the ride a little bit. And that can be a little bit scary, right? Um, Mm -hmm. On my card, there's also a symbol of the Cancer astrological sign. So I don't know if you have a person close to you that has the sign of Cancer, but they might um, end up being someone who can help support you as you're going through this challenge. Or they could also be the cause of some of this challenge. So keep an eye out for that. 
your second card is another major arcana. You got the star and the star. Ooh. Very cool card. I love the artwork on this. The star is like a really, really good luck, if that makes sense. Um, I need so, that in my life. <laughs> so in my deck, it's a person sitting on the bank of a river with their feet in the water. And as their feet go down into the water, they turn into fish fins. And what this represents is the other side. So the person is sitting on the bank of the river with their toes in the water and they're just dabbling into maybe their gifts on the other side. Does do this sound like to do with our Reiki session this past weekend? It probably does. <laughs> is probably. that what you thought of too? Yes, that's exactly what I thought of, but I wanted to wait and get your feedback first. I didn't want to just tell you what I thought. Also, this individual is pouring water from a pitcher which means that they're starting to kind of work with what this energy is and figure out how this plays into their own lives. And there's also a bird on the bank next to the person. And I believe that it's a stork, but I'll have to look up the meaning for sure because I don't remember. It's blue. So it might be a heron. And if it's a heron, that's interesting to me because the heron and the crane are both birds that have shown up in my life as reminders of things. When I was really little, I loved the blue heron. I was obsessed. I had a picture on my wall. It was a big poster from National Geographic of all the endangered species. And I was obsessed with this poster. Blue whale, great blue heron, and the panda were all on it. And there was other animals too, but I don't remember them. And the blue whale was cool, but the the great blue heron was my favorite thing in the world. And I was obsessed with this bird. And I was like, someday I just want to see it. Well, my husband, when we were dating, we were um, out walking by a river and he saw one and he's like, oh my gosh, there's a great blue heron. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I'd never seen one. I was like, how is there one in my own backyard? So anyway, wow. that's my little anecdote there but <laughs> it's a I pretty cool it. symbol you know it represents a lot of things to a lot of people so i'll look that one up and see if i can tell you what that is because i've not i've not pulled this card very many times it only comes up every once in a great while it is interesting that you okay. have two major arcanas though usually what that represents is that you have you have two big things happening in your in your overarching life. So right now might be one of those like catalyst moments. So even though this chariot kind of represents something being out of control, um, the star is reminding you that you have luck on your side and just to, just to sit with it, just kind of rely on your team, right? To get mm -hmm. you through your spirit team because they'll get you through whatever's coming. Um, you don't have to force anything is kind of the feeling that I get from this. Ooh. Okay. Okay, your third card is the Ten of Wands. And I know I've pulled this Ooh. for you before. Um, <laughs> the Ten of Wands. Wands usually represent the element of fire, which is interesting because the Ten of Wands is kind of like the completion of a cycle. And in the imagery of this card, I have an individual who has a bundle of sticks on her back. And the bundle of sticks yeah. represents all of the things that we carry with us in life. So this could be like financial burden, emotional burden, um, trauma, things like that. And so it really is mm -hmm. um, looking at the things that you are carrying. She's overburdened. The person on this card is overburdened, right? And she's sitting down because she's feeling very stuck. But the reason that she's feeling stuck is because she's holding on to everything. So it's looking at the things you're carrying and seeing which things are worth taking with you into the future. Yep. Does that make sense? You definitely pulled that for me from before. That sounds yeah. very familiar. Okay. And that sounds so like now me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to pull you a Hedgewitch Botanical card. And I am pulling garlic. So this is what it looks like. Ooh. It's just a little bulb of garlic with the little flower on top. And I'm going to have to look up the meaning of this because I have not pulled from this deck in a very long time. This says, a popular treat for bears, wild boars, and other creatures. This plant is also enthusiastically eaten by humans. Yes, it is. I love garlic. 
Car looks so good. Um, there is evidence of people using the plant for many millennia. It is a wild relative to chives and is frequently harvested by foragers. The leaves can be used in salad, soup, or as a savory herb, and the stems can be preserved by salting or pickling. The bulbs are edible, small, and onion-like. The delicate white flowers are also edible and delicious sprinkled in salads and soups for a hint of a garlic flavor. Livestock that grazes on the wild garlic can produce garlic-flavored milk. A Cornish cheese called wild garlic yarg is wrapped in the leaves and imparts the young cheese with a gentle garlic flavor. In North America, the Allium trichocum is very similar and commonly referred to as ramps. Try making your own fresh garlic cheese. Bear's garlic is most frequently found in deciduous woodlands with moist acidic soils and commonly seen in areas where bluebells are prospering. All parts of the plant are edible and useful, hence the oracle property service. Many oracle properties are about finding or marshalling things about yourself that are the most unique and special, but this card urges service in a less specific way. Volunteer to walk dogs at an animal shelter, pick up litter, buy someone coffee, or go the extra mile to make life easier for someone who is close to you. Bear's garlic is a common, ubiquitous plant. It will never be praised for remarkable blossoms or monetary value, nor will it ever climb above the forest floor. Its value is in its simple usefulness, the way it nourishes so many animals and is a delight to foragers. We often focus on how to be remarkable, special, and praiseworthy, but it is always worthwhile to simply lead a hand, lend a hand when needed or offer a smile, a smile or kind word. These actions can, can lead to friendship and new opportunities and can also take us outside of our own heads for a little while. Sometimes that's exactly what we need. I love that. So there you go. That was awesome. <laughs> that's very fitting. I am so glad. I always worry when I pull, and I've pulled, like I said, I've been reading tarot for like four years. And every time I pull cards, I'm like, oh man, I hope that makes sense because I'm lost. <laughs> I just yeah. read what comes definitely... through. I am going to journal about it because, I mean, I feel like my life is pretty calm right now, but mm -hmm. there are certain pieces of my life that do feel out of my control, and I am trying to just sit with those. Okay. So, um, yeah. That's nice. interesting. I'm so glad. Okay. Do you have a question you want to ask for your Oracle card? I don't think so. I don't have anything that I'm like real unsure about right now. So you can just okay. do overall. I'm good with that. Okay. I'm sorting out the emotional kaleidoscope because I want to pull three cards to end this episode for our listeners. And then I, I want to hear what you guys think about it or what this brings up for you. <laughs> Great. I love that idea. Got one that we fell out. Nice. We have... The antelope it's a freaking and lily pad. No. <laughs> My stalker card. <laughs> we have the antelope and wheat, which is nourishment, Ooh. which is a really good card. And it was upright. Okay. And, and I'll make sure to keep it out so I can take a picture of it because that is a very good idea. So to kind of describe what it looks like, we have the antelope and then there's like wheat, like just the head and the chest of the antelope with the horns and then wheat kind of wrapped around. Um, and it's a very like warm browns, like tans and cream and like a, a medium brown. It's very pretty. Nice. So it says the antelope are associated with community. Traveling in large herds, they work together to detect predators, locate food, and care for the young and old. This way, the group supports the thriving of each individual. Likewise, golden sheaves of wheat are ancient symbols of prosperity. A re relatively mm -hmm. easy grain to grow, store, and convert to flour and a staple crop around the world, wheat is closely associated with wealth and abundance. Together, the antelope and wheat call us to nourish ourselves and our communities. So upright, it says, 
You are feeling fulfilled, nourished, and secure. Celebrate your good fortune by sharing it with others in need. Invest in your community and ensure you are supported in leaner times, which is similar to garlic that you just pulled Yeah, <laughs> Kind of. That's interesting. That's cool. That's cool. I like that card. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Okay, so here are the three from this emotional kaleidoscope deck. And I will take a photo of these as well. So I'm going to pull one for the pre-conscious, the subconscious, and the conscious. So for the pre-conscious, the question is, can you describe what a panic or anxiety attack feels like do you understand what triggers it? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, the back of this card, here's the image if you want to see it. Ooh. It's like a paint splotch. It's very mm -hmm. pretty. Okay. Um, the subconscious question. What is one major thing that you learned about the person or people you experienced this with so that would be us what did you learn about us final remarks anything that you have to say there and then the conscious question is how do you express your emotions in a healthy way are you able to name your emotions that's a very Ooh, good question that is a good they're question. all this whole deck they're all like that they're like really deep questions <laughs> And sometimes they're really hard to answer and they take time. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it, though. They're really great for journal prompts. So if you ever need yeah. a journal prompt, text me and I will pull one <laughs> of these for you. <laughs> Gina's the best with her journal prompts. <laughs> uh, I just I borrow them from other places based on, you know, what's happening. So, yeah. again, that's something that I share in um, our Patreon group and also there's a newsletter that I send out once a month that has some journal prompts, um, general astrology, you know, human design stuff. And we kind of look at those energies and what's happening and things that are um, taking place in the cosmos. And then we look at how that affects our day-to-day -day life. And that's where those prompts and things come from. So yeah, I'll yeah. put links to both of those in the description. So if you guys want to check it out, you can. And like I said, you can send us an email and let us know. Your answers to these questions, these very important questions. I would love to hear what people think about those. So, yeah, same. And we'll leave our email everywhere. So, yeah, you can write it, it is us. everywhere. <laughs> yep. Weirdlifestylepod at gmail.com. Just send us a message and let us know your thoughts about this episode, how you feel about all of it. And mm -hmm. yeah, we'll discuss yep. more in the future. I'm sure it will come up again. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's a very interesting topic. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Our next episode, episode nine, we are going to be talking about plants. Oh, yeah. Herbs. I'm You're going to own this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe this head witch book will come back out. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about different things. No, it'll be fine. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, my uh, first introduction to a lot of this was when I started studying herbs. I think it was 2018, 2019-ish. It was 2018 because it was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I started taking classes because I think I mentioned before in our uh, grief and loss episode, my maternal grandmother passed about 15 years ago and I never got the opportunity to be super close with her so I decided because she always had used plants to help us when I was young I decided that I would reconnect with her through learning some of the things that she was so good at um, she always just intuitively seemed to know exactly what we needed when we needed it um, whenever somebody got sick we would go to my grandma's house and she would make us things like she had a big champion juicer and she would make us like carrot juice with you know wheatgrass and other things in it she always knew what we needed one time when I was getting 
a head cold. I got a sore throat and she made me eat a quarter of a raw onion. <laughs> it was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but it was rough to get that down. I was like nine or 10, I think. Mm. And after I ate that, I was like, never again. But I didn't get sick. Like I got better really quick after that. Oh, wow. So um, she always had tinctures and different things and, and essential oils and like all the things, mm -hmm. you know, plant related. So yeah. um, I was like, that's the logical choice, you know, for me to become more familiar with what she knew. So I started doing that. And through that, of course, like I said, I, I got into this Oracle deck and then I found the tarot deck and I started pulling cards and working with different methods of divination. I started looking into... I can't remember what it's called, but reading tea leaves. I have books about yes. that. Oh my gosh. I would <laughs> love for you to read tea leaves for me. I'm so down. I actually kind of related, but I was looking into how to read palms. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Like I I've looked it. into that before too. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that I'm like, I really want to learn all of this quote unquote forbidden knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's fascinating and it's so interesting and I don't know. There, I almost took a class on how to do that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I was looking I into that. it last year. It was one of the things that came up that I was like, okay, well, you know, my rule, like if it shows up in my life unprompted three times, then I know, mm -hmm. okay, I have to like seriously start considering this. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's just one awesome. of many things that's interesting to me. <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, maybe we could do an episode about tea leaves and we you can like give me a reading or something because I'm so fascinated by that, especially after it was in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There. It's so funny because I told you earlier today, but I had a conversation yesterday about trying to find like magical things in our very boring mundane world. And right. the more time that I spend looking for these little magical things, the more exciting life becomes. And it I love does. that. It's kind yeah. of funny because we do create these situations. Like I said earlier, as humans, we look for what is familiar and what makes the most sense, right? And, and there are some people who look at the world logically and there are people who don't. And mm -hmm. I try to but i'm not great <laughs> at being logical so i like to look for these little magic things you know these little mm -hmm. signs that i have people watching out for me or whatever you know little reminders of those things and sometimes the cards come through and remind you of that mm -hmm. sometimes the cards are there like you know your star card reminding you that you're not by yourself you have this whole team of people on the other side that are pushing for you and mm -hmm. i love that reminder i think that's beautiful so yeah, you know, too. wherever you fall within that, just know that like there are little reminders everywhere and you might not be aware of them all the time, but they're definitely mm. there. They're there. Yeah. I think so that'll be a perfect place to end. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for the next one. This has been a lot of fun. I love talking about all of these subjects. So thank you yeah. for listening and being here with us. And yeah, we'll see you, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.